podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I wanted to make defending sexy, so to speak. I was a milkman from the age a of milkman. 13. A milkman. How you don't train Monday to Friday and you think, and then you turn up on a Saturday, I'd have cramp, I'd have cramp after 60 minutes. Mm. We used to love each other's company so much that after training, we used to spend hours together. The thought never crossed my mind of ever leaving the club. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of the Spurs Official Podcast. And yes, that Yorkshire accent is me, Michael Dawson. I am going to be hosting this podcast along with my friend and one and only Paul Miles. I don't know him as Paul Miles. I know him as Milesy. He's been at the football club for over two decades. Interviewed the managers, the players, myself, and now he's co-hosting. How are you, mate? Brilliant, Dawes. Who'd have thought it, eh? You and me on the podcast. This is what we've been waiting for. The captain's here. He's going to lead us forward like he led this football team. Michael Dawson, 324 games for this great club. I was there for your final interview. We did a final interview. I on, must have been crying. I, I think you were. I think you were. <laughs> there you go. I think you were. It was so sad. But we got you back. You've done a great job as club ambassador. And now we're going to a new string to your bow. I mean, look, our first guest. We don't need to talk too much about it. You barely need to introduce him. I don't need to introduce him. We don't need to introduce him. I think everyone will know who this guy is going to be. Legend of the football club. However, he played one less game than me, and I'm not too sure how. (laughs) He's a regular on N17. We see him everywhere. One club, one man, the main man. Welcome, Ledley. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. How many goals did you score, by the way? I played one less game. How many goals was it? Okay. All right. I haven't got, well, it. We've got no stats right, on that okay. one. You probably won. I didn't get too many, mate. Well, it's great to have you and great no, to see as usual. How, how is everything? Yeah, great. Great. You know, uh, you know, enjoying my work as an ambassador. It's funny. We were just talking, weren't we? Just talking behind the scenes. How, how your life sort of develops after football. Now, sadly, in, in your case, that was, you know, football was taken away from you a little bit too early, really, wasn't it? Age of 31. Um, but here we are doing a podcast together. I bet you never saw that, the pair of you, did you? He, he never saw me hosting it and you co-hosting it, that's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, look, let's get into it. You know, this. I think the important thing is that podcasts like this aren't just about football. We're delving a little bit deeper, aren't we here? We're delving a little bit deeper and Ledley has got a fantastic story to tell. It's why he's an inspiration to, to many Kids in the London area, especially kids that, you know, support Tottenham. But kids out of East London. Ledley, you were out of East London. I was. Tell us about your early life, mate. Um, you know, I grew up in, as you say, East London, in an area called Bow. Uh, you know, back in the day, probably uh, saw it as quite a, a rough area to kind of grow up. Uh, it's not too bad now, actually. You know, like most things, kind of. Change, it, they change and uh, you know I go back quite regularly I still have friends in the area but for me it was uh, you know I grew up in a single parent home and you know I was the oldest of of two and you know I was just determined to, to kind of do well for, for, for my family um, I fell in love with football early doors and you know that was my motivation looking back now I'm lucky that I had good friends around me as well because every time I left the the, the house you know, as a, as a parent, you're never sure what your kid is getting up to. Luckily for me, I had a cage directly outside my house and, uh, you know, my mum could find me in there nine times out of ten playing football with my friends. So uh, looking back, I'm lucky that I had that. Uh, you know, it kept me out of trouble. 
stop me from being bored and uh, and really kind of set me along the way of uh, you know following my dreams in a career that I was wanting to do. Malzi just touched on it then. Look, we all know about your career. I know everything about that. I've played so many games with you. But this is what we're trying to delve into, your early life. Yeah. Did you have any jobs? Let me tell you my first job. Go See on. if you can beat this one. Okay, go on. Not many people will know this. I know the podcast is not about me. I'm hosting it. But I was a milkman from the age a of milkman. 13. A milkman. I used to get up at 6.15. I'd go to my Auntie Margaret's. My Auntie Margaret's, I think she's... It's actually my mum's auntie who's 80, 80 odd now. She used to make me a cup of tea. I'd sit on the sofa and she'd go, right, milk vans here, you go out and... And, and run around for two hours, deliver the milk, back home, get me get me milk, put it in the microwave, have me wait a bit, bath and enter school. That's why academically That's I wasn't very good. Can you beat that? What was your what was your upbringing like? Did you have any jobs, anything different? No, no, I mean, no listen, um, I never saw 6.15 as a kid. <laughs> never saw never saw that type of, type of time. Uh, you've had it tough, Dawes. <laughs> no, that's what our fair play to you. Go so no jobs? No, nothing, no, no, nothing no, like that? at school every day, never even done work experience at school. For wow. some reason, my year didn't do it. We missed out. Okay. So I didn't even get a chance to sample another kind of job, another lifestyle. Um, it's always just been football. So that's it. Really that's simple. all you know. Yeah. Left school and then straight yeah, yeah, into never, it. Wow. No other job. There you go. No, no. And now look at you. Dab under everything, mate. Yeah, yeah. Hands in yeah, everything. Tried, so tell us about school, Eds. Yeah. Tell us about school. Were you a good student? Was I a good student? Um, I was a good, I was, I think I was a nice kid. Uh, you know, was polite. I was quite shy. I was a shy kid. Uh, but yeah, I think I was, uh, you know, I'm sure the teachers will, will say I was a nice, nice young boy. Uh, but in terms of academically, you know, probably didn't do the best. But as I say, football was kind of <laughs> always on my mind, even when I was in class at times. Uh, but yeah, you know, I enjoyed school. Had lots of, lots of friends. I was popular. Uh, you, you normally are when you're kind of good at a, a sport in school. So apart from PE, friends. what was your favourite subject? Did you have one? Yeah. Um, what did I, I like? I liked... What else did I like? Yeah, n- n- you just maths. Up. I liked maths, to be fair. I did like my maths. Um, I liked... I'm trying to think of what we was doing back in school. Uh, <laughs> science? Bunsen burners? Sci- no, I was going to say... Anything no, like no, that? Nothing, nothing no? great with science. Not saying anything, no? I didn't, I didn't history, actually mind chemistry. history. Chemistry? History was cool. Yeah. History was cool. Um... As I say, you know, football football was on my mind many times. Yeah. In, you talked in the about classroom. that, Ledge. You talked about like where you lived in, in Bow and you had a cage right opposite. Yeah, yeah. Is is that all you dreamed of being? Like, was that yeah, your yeah. focus? Nothing, was that maybe something that gave you a drive? There was nothing else in my mind yeah. ever. You know, when people ask this question even now, you know, what would you have mm. done if you if you didn't play football? And I have no answer. I have no answer, obviously. Not a milkman, obviously. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Made me muscle up. No, yeah, yeah. I, I should have done them a few years longer. Yeah. No, obviously, uh, no, I would have found something to yeah. do. Mm. But, no, luckily for me, uh, I was able to follow my dreams. You know, my mm. path was pretty pretty smooth. You know, uh, I joined a Sunday league team, age probably seven or eight, and kind of developed from there. Uh, played for my, my, my district, Tower Hamlets, then my borough, London. Uh, picked up by Spurs, you know, everything was kind of quite smooth sailing. And then, and then it was up to me to kind of keep progressing, keep doing well and kind of taking the next challenge. And, you know, I just continued to do that throughout my career. You touched on that, your grassroots football, Senrab. Yeah, yeah. You had some... Yeah, good team. Top players who good played team. for your team and then obviously an yeah, older, yeah, older well. age. Give us some of them names. So in my team, there was uh, myself, uh, Bobby Zamora, who was a striker. Mm-hmm. We had Paul Konchesky, who was 
striker, stroke, striker. stroke left winger. Yeah, but then go. we had J. Lloyd Samuel, who was mm. a left winger as well. Um, and John Terry, who was a centre midfielder wow. back then. Some I, team. I was at the back. So, yeah, needless to say, we was a pretty strong You team. won everything. Used to, yeah, I was used and to And then Jermaine, was he at centre up as well? Jermaine was two years younger. Yeah. Uh, Jermaine played with uh, Leon Knight. Do you remember Leon yeah, Knight? Yeah, Leon, so he they, was they were the two, as well. Yeah, they were both top. You know, I used to finish my game and then go over and watch some of their game and you just used to see Leon and Jermaine just scoring for fun. Well, something in the water. Unbelievable. Oh, unbelievable. unbelievable. Goodness gracious, Premier League players, top players who played for, for that grassroots team. Yeah. Fair it's play. fascinating actually the, the, the way the, t the pair of you talk about growing up because you're both still from an era where I bet if someone said to you, Okay, doors. Okay, leads. What did you used to do then when you when you when you got in from school? Play football. What do you do when you got up? Play football. What do you do on Saturday morning? Play football. Literally, I bet the pair of you did nothing else. Yeah, there wasn't so apart many, from play football. There wasn't so many distractions, you know, back then. Um, you know, anything else was a was a big luxury. Uh, you know, luckily for me, as I say, I had the cage directly outside my house, so that was that was my go to. That was the first place that I went to after I got back from school. Uh, I have to give a big shout out to my uh, good friend of mine, uh, especially when we were young, uh, a lad called James Carter and his parents really, who had a big influence on me. Kind okay. of growing up, they were the ones that took me to Senrab along with their son. And uh, Fred, who's, who passed away recently, um, was the one who used to take me to the games with okay. his son. So without them as well, you know, being able to kind of mm. sh cart me around, uh, you know, I wouldn't have been able to to kind of uh, have the career I had. So you always remember, today. don't you? You always yeah, remember course, the people course. who helped me out on the no, on the course, way up. Of course, yeah, definitely. When did you realise that you wanted to become a football professional footballer? Uh, what age did you think? Yeah, this is this is a dream I'm going to follow. I know we play gra we play yeah, grassroots, and I'll tell you the age when I, I really thought that I can do it. Hmm. Um, Eleven. Okay. So before that, I'm sure I probably wanted to be a footballer. I'd say 11 was when I I thought I could definitely be a footballer. And maybe that was because you go to secondary school at that age and you, you mix in with kids that are, you know, three, four years older than you at times and still being the best player, then you realise that you've got something, you're onto something. Mm. Um, so that was probably the age when I really thought about you know, being a, a professional footballer or the fact that I could I could do it if I continue to just keep progressing, keep working hard. So I'd say probably 11, yeah. And then it became? But I will say this, it was man. as well, it wasn't, for me, it wasn't just be a footballer at that age. I actually wanted to be the best footballer in the world. Oh, okay. That, that was my, that was my, in my head at that time. And you can call it naive because, uh, you know, you're 11 and, and the world was my little world that I knew, I suppose didn't realise how big the world was. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what, that's great as an 11 year old to think, I have this dream, I'm going to be the best player in the world. And you think kids yeah. are now playing at grassroots, that's what they believe and you've got to follow your dream, haven't you? Oh, 100%, 100%. That's what, um, you know, kept me progressing, kept me improving, you know, that following that dream to be, to be the best. But I realised, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I think I played at England at under 16 level and then you realise there's different players from different countries who are pretty good, mm. you know, and maybe, okay, I'm not like a Messi, <laughs> But you know what? I'm going to be the best player in my position in the world. Mm. I, you know, it, it, it quickly turned to being the best defender in the world. When did pro football become a reality? What age? Uh, obviously, because obviously Spurs were now monitoring you, and you would come and join our 
academy system. Yeah. Well, I started off for Leighton Orient. So Leighton Orient kind of took all our players from, from uh, Senweb. Okay. We were, the, they were the closest team to us and everyone kind of eventually left Leighton Orient and went on to, to so different places. So you talked about John Terry, talked yeah, about Bobby yeah. Zamora, yeah. Paul Konczewski. Yep, Jayla uh, Tamiel. Uh, yeah. you all went to Orient? Yeah, yeah, we was all at Orient at wow. some stage. and then there you uh, go. I didn't know yeah, that. We left. Yeah. I, I joined, um, obviously come to Tottenham at 14. Um, I'd probably say at that age is probably when, you know, you're mixing it with at a top established you know, Premier League football club uh, who have got some of the best kids around from, from you know, even from different different countries at, mm. uh, at times. They're bringing in players from different countries and, you know, that's when you get a chance to evaluate yourself and see where you are, um, see see where you kind of stack up against the so-called kind of best players uh, around. Uh, so at 14, I probably was able to see that and then again, you know, gave me more confidence so I could keep working hard and kind of make my way through. So who did you spot as a young kid? So, oh, this is, so do you know what? The first ever game I went to watch was Millwall. Oh, so Millwall. this was, again, because of my best friend at the time, Millwall supporter. Um, and yeah, his dad took, took us along to Millwall a few right. times. So that was my kind of first experience of watching pros play football. Um, but then not long after that, I was, I was a Tottenham fan. So we know the, the relationship you've got with the club. You love the football club. The fans love you. But who have we got to thank to bring, who brought you to the club? Was it a scout who brought you from yeah. Orient? Who, who was it? Well, I, I actually, I think John Moncur was, was, uh, was at the club at the time, at the football club. And I actually think he might have been related to my friend James, his, his dad. Uh, so at the time, three of us actually come down from, from Leighton Orient. It's myself, uh, James, and a lad called Stephen Mills, uh, and we all joined together. And it's funny because to this day, I have no idea how we ended up here or how I ended up here because I was almost at the mercy of my friend's dad. He, you know, he was the one who had all the wow. discussions, and all I knew is that three of us were coming to Tottenham to train. So I don't know if I was part of their package deal. Or well, it was part of my package, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we all come down to Tottenham together. Get your friends and get Les free, <laughs> yeah, but he's coming yeah, and can yeah. play exactly. a bit. I might, come, uh, I might come for free in the package. Hey, I know, you know it feels I mean? that, mate. Uh, I know it feels. Yeah, exactly. It's okay. Uh, so, yeah, I don't really know, but, you know, obviously I, to have two friends come mm. with you at the same time is is great. I felt comfortable straight away. My first training session in the ball court. Um, might be that, worth... Marzi, you remember the ball court? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. It might be worth explaining to everyone what the ball court was at the old... White Hart Lane. Yeah, so Some people uh, might the, not the know. old stadium. There was a little. Uh, it was like an under. There was a car park, wasn't it? it the, the bottom bit, and above it was like a um, indoor pitch, basically. indoor football pitch. Yeah. And you know, to me, that was like it was. It was amazing. It was like a my, my little Wembley, and it had a little area where the, the parents could watch, a little enclosure where they could watch training, and that was like back then. It was like massive to be able to perform in front of mm. the other parents. Uh, and kind of show what you've got. So every train, we used to train twice a week then, you know, we used to make our way from school uh, in East London on, on the train. And twice a week, we used to train Tuesdays and Thursdays in the Borkle. And um, that's where I met, met Crouchy uh, as a 14 year old. Uh, but yeah, that was kind of the, the, the start of everything that that Borkle was, was magical. And I'm sure 
everyone who experienced it will, will tell you how much they really enjoyed playing that. I didn't know about that yeah he, they, they tell a fascinating story I spoke to Ledley and Crouchy about this this uh, underground trip that used to start with Crouchy over in West London and it used to snake its way through London Central oh, but this, was, this was uh, once we was a youth team so yeah. from the training ground yeah this, yeah, yeah, and they, they used to be picking up teammates along the way, wasn't it? So yeah, by the yeah, time yeah. you got near to the, you know, to, to East London and your side of it, it was about yeah, five or six of you, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, used to come a long way. To, to it's some journey, from. some dedication that you have to put in at that age. And like you say, some of the other lads didn't go on to have a professional career. Any sacrifice? Yeah, yeah. You, you, you know, is there anything you would have changed along the route? No, apart from picking really. everyone up when Crouchy had to do yeah, the, no, no, uh, no. the pick up. Eventually, you got started driving. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, quite early, and then. Uh, it changed, but listen, the youth team days were, were great. I'm sure you, you'll say yeah. the same about your ones. And, uh, you know, it's some really good lads, ones that I'm still in contact with now. Uh, obviously, I mentioned Crouchy, he was just, uh, you know, he's like, he's, he's just no, a great, he's just he, a great he's guy. Great, he, great he, was great, he, was, he was great back then, but we used to love each other's company yeah. so much that after training, we used to, like, we used to spend hours together before we got on the train. Sometimes we'd sit at the train station in Chigwell for two, three hours, just sitting there, letting trains go by. <laughs> we didn't want to go home. We just wanted to kind Not of be in each other's company. Yeah, no, yeah, it's crazy. Um, we'd just be having fun, having yeah. a laugh, as we did. Crouchy once told me an unbelievable story. Dawes is going to love this. And you've got to tell me if it's true or not. And I'm sure it will be. Did you, the pair of you, once miss the start of training or get a right rollicking because you were playing snooker over the road and you were late. Yeah, I think maybe it was a, I'm not sure if it was a double session, maybe maybe we had a double session and we, uh, <laughs> we, we yeah, we went and played a couple of frames of snooker. So Probably took a little bit what? longer than we. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened then? Did you get fined? I don't think we got fined. I think we got a rollicking. I, I, um, I've, uh, I've, worked with someone the the other day and I've I asked about them working the academy and I said what happens it's not yeah. it's not at this club it's at another football club because we used to get fined as a kid if you were late okay. it was fine five yeah, pound yeah. now yeah. that's gone out the window so it was a strike you got I think one strike you missed training two strikes something else and when you had three strikes you weren't playing on a Saturday okay. Okay. I was thinking wow so that would actually hurt you more than probably yeah, yeah, at yeah. the time playing your, yeah, your five yeah. pound but to be honest, even even back then you know what you don't want to get told off by your you know your, your coach uh, in the youth team, and uh, yeah, you know what you know what it's like if you're playing the game. You might be playing a game of snooker, and it's taking a little two bit longer. You've got to finish it. You've got to yeah, finish it. Two of the best players. The game. No, I'd be like, I'd be running quick. Yeah, I'd be, yeah, I can't be late. I think we, 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 we dashed we dash back. We dashed back, um, but we did, obviously didn't get away with it. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> but you still played on the side of the parry, though, didn't you? You weren't dropped. Couldn't drop them two. I'm not sure. But look, just looking ahead, Lily, I mean, obviously you're talking about when you're 14, 15. Mm. So tell us about the next step is obviously, is, you know, you're, you're coming into the academy now yeah. full time. Yeah. How was that progression from, from you know, schoolboy into academy? Yeah, I mean, that's when it gets real. I suppose all of a sudden you're training every day. Um, and that's when you get to know people on a different level in terms of your teammates, because before that it's, it's twice a week, it's Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, and you're only really spending hour and a half, two hours with them max uh, a time. So all of a sudden you, you know, you're getting into the training ground at whether it's eight, eight, eight thirty, you know, and and uh, you know, spending until f sometimes four or five o'clock with the same people every day. So you develop relationships, and uh, that's when it gets real. That's when you kind of around 
first team players. You know, they're, they're training at the same facility and you get to see them and how they act and conduct themselves. And, uh, you know, that's when you start to dream, really start to dream. Uh, that's when you start to see that the path is there for you. You know, if you can continue to, to kind of progress in and uh, developing uh, as a player, uh, it's, in, it's in touch and distance mm-hmm. at that point, you know. And, you know, often you'd get a chance to actually train with a first team, which was amazing. Uh, sometimes a youth team would train against the, the starting team, uh, the first team, the starting first team, uh, the day before uh, a game. And... You know, sometimes we done well. Sometimes we, uh, you know, we beat them the yeah. day before a game. You yeah. know, it's like you remember yeah. how difficult it can be at times, and uh, that's when you get a chance to pick yourself up against first team players. And I think the biggest thing uh, when you're young is the it's the physical side more than the actual technical side. It's like you're dealing with real physical men, and when you when you're 16, you know, I was always a tall lad, always big for my age, but. It's a whole different kind of physicality, you know, when you're up against real, mm. real man strength. And, uh, you know, that's something that you kind of realise at a young age that you're going to have to kind of grow and, 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 and gain that strength before you can really get, get in there and start playing. But then that dream came true. You'd worked through the academy, you got into the youth team and then you're in the first team at a young, young age. How good did that feel? Yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. But first, first it was because um, there was a lad called Alton Fairwell who come, yeah. come through as well. And I remember being injured at a time when he was called up uh, for a first team game. So he was on the bench for a first team game and we was like 17. Mm. Uh, and kind of that kind of reverberation in, within the kind of youth, youth team was massive. And I remember, I remember feeling jealous. Not, not in, listen, Owen was my friend, he's still my friend now. Yeah. But that's the competitive thing. Of course it is, 100%. You know what I mean? that's, that's what definitely. drives you on, you know. I remember uh, just thinking, you know what, that could have been me or should have been me mm. type of thing. Uh, and I just remember the buzz that it caused for, you know, for within the, the, the youth setup that, that someone had kind of been on the bench on match of the day, you know, yeah, the name, yeah. name being called out. Um so that, that, that was great for him. But that's your dream yeah, as a yeah, kid, yeah. isn't it? To yeah, be yeah. the academy you get in, you always yeah, look yeah. to a first team and think, yeah, yeah. walking we out the, We played the same league. position. So, yeah. you know, naturally, regardless, you have to you have to, you have to see competition in, course, it, yeah. in, in everyone. You know, we're all friends, but, you know, it's competition for places. Uh, so I remember kind of after that, kind of realising again that there's, there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity here. You know, once, once I get back, uh, start pushing on and, you know, eventually, you know, a little bit later, I got my debut uh, away at Anfield, and uh, tough place to go. Tough place to go. I, saw, I, saw, I know I that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, know you, you, made, you made your debut you there as well, did you? Yeah, yeah. Sat, sat alongside me, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or I was sat alongside yeah, you. Yeah, tried I to help you through. It. I tried to help you through it. Uh, I actually come on at left back uh, at half time at Anfield. I think I don't even think I've ever played left back again. I don't, maybe that was that. Maybe that was that. <laughs> I don't think that's good or bad. No, 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 bad. But no, I think it goes back to me being a a player that was comfortable in different mm-hmm. positions. You know, I was able to, to kind of get my chance, to, you know, regardless of whether it was a left back or, or, or midfield or whatever. But um, tough, tough debut. You know, two 0 up when I come on at half time. Just gone down to ten men and uh, come on at half time, and it's just backs to the wall for the whole half. 
and we actually we end up losing the game three two. So uh, you know, naturally you think it's your fault. It's your first game. Yeah, uh, we were winning when you come on. We lost the game. Uh, so that that was again that was quite tough tough to take. But you know, I don't think I made any. I didn't make any mistakes, mistakes. that led to the goals. But you know, again, you, you probably you look at yourself and and you have a, not. I don't want to say you have a few doubts, but it just makes you think a little mm. bit. You know, think about you know, the the kind of level that you're playing at, and you know how tough it can be. Yeah, how tough it can be. Yeah, that's Steve McManaman running down your side, didn't you? Was yeah, it Steve McManaman? I'm sure it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was all it was all, it was all a blur. And one thing, I do, one thing that stands out to me is, <laughs> I mean, because I was playing left back, and uh, I remember a ball going out of play. Obviously, as a, as a left back, you you know take throw-ins uh, there. Yeah. That's something that I was never never really had to do before. So I remember the ball went out into the crowd, and someone's absolutely pelted the ball <laughs> back at me like, into my chest, and I thought, oh, no, I'm just a young kid making his <laughs> making his debut. Help me out a little bit. I need yeah. some help. I need you know some I mean? guidance. Right. And I thought, okay, this is how it is, right? Uh, hey, well, yeah. Ledge, you went on to play 323 games okay. in a football club. In, I mean, you, when you make your debut, you never think this is going to be the only one I'm ever going to be at. But was there any periods in, in your career when you were at Spurs or any interest from any other football club that maybe tempted you or, or even wanted you? Yeah. Um, you have to ask my agent. But to, to be honest, <laughs> I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't interested. Yeah. You know, I was captain at 23 or so and... Uh, my mentality was that I just wanted mm. to take my team forward to try and compete, you know, comp- compete for, 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 for trophies. And, you know, that was men- my mentality. Obviously at 26, a lot changed mm. with me. Um, but I can honestly say even before that, you know, I know it was certain interest, but yeah, I was never, never, ever interested. I've always said that it, it would mean more to me to win one or two with, with my club. Yeah. Than, than go elsewhere. So obviously, you, you know, you can never say what what could have happened mm. later in my career. You don't, you just don't, you, you don't know. But all I can say is that the thought never crossed my mind of ever leaving the club. Uh, and you know, I know that I was always someone that wanted to take my team and and you know make it the best team rather than kind of jump ship. Well, it was one man and one club, and you got to uh, to lead the team. How proud were you coming in as a fourteen-year-old, then be given the armband? Yeah, it was an amazing, amazing feeling. Um, you know, we've obviously had some great, great captains in the mm. past, uh, Gary Mabbott, who I get a chance to sp- spend a lot of time with now. And uh, you know, during my time, I had uh, Teddy Sheringham as a captain, and Jamie a little bit, Jamie Redknapp, two great guys, two great guys. And I think what you do is you. You take parts of what you've learnt along the way, but it's important to be yourself. You know, it's, it's no good being trying to be someone else yeah. all of a sudden. Uh, and yeah, I had to kind of learn and develop as as, as we went along. And I was I would say this: though, the, the toughest part was when I wasn't able to train, when you're not on the training pitch. Uh, so from as I say, from the age of 26, not being able to train, not being there with the lads every day. That was the toughest part. You know what it's like when you're injured. Yeah. Oh, you, don't, you just want to. You want to. Yeah. You don't even want to. You feel embarrassed, don't you? So you don't even want to yeah. be around. You don't yeah. even want to sometimes see the lads because sometimes the banter. Are oh, you? You're going to train. Yeah. Yeah, right, no, and, and people don't realise that they're yeah, only yeah, trying yeah. to say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun. Try and make you yeah, part yeah, of enough, it, but, but inside yeah, when you are injured, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're miserable. And that must have been so hard for you, lads. 
Be, be, yeah, being injured difficult. from 26 and having to deal with the captain of the football club, the expectation, because me as a, a fellow centre-half, when you weren't there, we missed you. Mm. So you've got the pressure from the manager, you've got the pressure from the fans and you've got the pressure from yourself wanting to do it. How did you deal with that mentally? It was tough. It was tough. I think I quickly had to accept that I wasn't going to be the player that I wasn't as good as I, I could have been. So that was the first, the first thing. And then it was about making still having an impact you know and the only way I could do that was on the on the pitch um it's tough because you, you when you're injured you just you kind of think you're thinking about yourself more I'm thinking about how I can get through how I can, how I can get myself fit um and then try and be an impact on the pitch and that's what I did you know I just tried to make sure that when I was on the pitch we was a better team mm. You know, I made, well, we made were, other players We certainly better. were, mate. Yeah. I can guarantee yeah, yeah. you that. Yeah, um, but, you know, it, it then wasn't so much about my own performances because I, I was always someone that, if I didn't play well, I'm, I'm not happy, you know. If we win, I'm happy, but I'll always look at myself. Mm. And, and if I don't play well, then I'm not completely happy because I haven't done my part. Um, so it was always... It was always important. That's what drove me to, to perform well, regardless, and uh, that consistency. But I realised after that, it's not so much about that. It's about influencing everyone else, making them better. And, you know, if that means that my performance is not what I was used to, uh, so be it. But we're going to be a better team and, you know, we're going to have a better chance of, of winning if I'm playing. That, that was my mentality. Well, that, that was that was certainly how it was, lads. If we can go back to 2008... When we last won a won a trophy, yeah. was that the proudest moment for you in a Spurs shirt? Yeah. Lift, lifting that trophy, and how did that feel? Yeah, it was it was amazing. Uh, obviously, <laughs> we have to talk, keep talking about injuries because it's a big part of it. Mm. But so I think I was maybe twenty. I don't know if I was tw- twenty seven, maybe right. And so I'd had a year or so of not training, um, and when. Um, Ramos first come in he said everyone has to train and I said I can't train so in the end I started to train to show him what will happen and my knee blew up and it was no good for anyone you know um, I was missing games uh, so that was kind of uh, the first kind of year and eventually he, he kind of enabled me to, to, do, to do it my way uh, but I remember reading something before the final that I was going to retire I remember reading an article saying something about I was going to retire after the game or after the, that season. Uh, and I'd never thought about retirement. So that scared me. Mm. So I went into the game with an extra kind of motivation to prove to people that you know, I was nowhere near finished yet. Uh, and I'd only played the semi-final uh, before that and kind of missed about three weeks or a month or whatever between the semi-final and the final. Um, but I knew I was kind of, I knew I'd be ready for the final. I was kind of gearing myself up, getting myself fit off 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 the training pitch obviously in the gym uh, I knew I'd be ready for the final so I just remember going into that game with extra motivation to, to show people there was still a lot of football left in me and yeah of course the proudest moment to uh, to be able to climb the stairs and, and kind of be part of the club's history in, in, in lifting a trophy You certainly showed that lads that day you are magnificent That's Incredible him and Woody and it's interesting with a pair of you together actually because obviously we, you know Ledley's injury is a is an important part of his journey but I mean that leads to a lot of joy and a lot of pain and you know all those emotions 
that cup final, you can flip the script, you two, can't you? Because Ledley played and proudly captain and lift that trophy, you had to miss out, didn't you? Yeah, I did, yeah. And, and that's why I, I talk about the mental side of being injured. Look, I had my first year I was injured, but I didn't have a long, consistent one that I had to deal with for, for long periods. I was out for, for them and I, I didn't miss the final. What was your, what was your injury? Uh, a hamstring. Okay. So I was dealing with that. Um, when did you do that? Oh. Week before. Wow. That was bizarre, Les, because we I was on four bookings mm. and we played Manchester United two weeks before. And Ronaldo was playing. I thought, well, guaranteed, I'm going to get my fifth bucket. So yeah. I'll be suspended for a week later. I'll miss Derby and I'll be fit for the final. Whether I'd have played, we never know. Woody and Ledge, it, it probably would have been. But just for me to miss that, yeah. to not be involved with the lads, mm, when you mm, when you went mm. to the hotel a few nights before and stayed there, yeah. I was at home. There was a few of us injured. I think Gaz was injured at the time as well. Yeah, we got on was, a bus. Yeah. We just felt it a little bit separated. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and playing every game up to the, to the final and then missing it, that was a major disappointment in my Spurs career. Mm, mm, but... It was an injury, but I was always come back from it. Would you have preferred to have been there at the... Because as it goes back to what I was saying before about you feel a little bit embarrassed at times when you're injured. Yeah. You probably didn't at that point because it was only a week it, before. Yeah. But would you have preferred to have been at the hotel around the Yeah, I, I would have done for the final because it's a special yeah, day, isn't yeah, it? And yeah. we ended up getting on the bus and I had family down and we ended up having a... A good night the yeah, night before, yeah. and then when we won it, it was great. But you know, just to be with the lads, I mean, we were after we had a great night, yeah, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. But that was just something, and I know the the injured when I was injured, it got me so down. Yeah, yeah. I love playing football, I love training, and, and that's why I always felt for you because mm. you couldn't go out Monday to Friday. People say that's the best part of the week, really. Yeah, of course, it is, yeah. Because then come Saturday, you think it's only good if you win. Yeah, if you yeah. don't win on a yeah. Saturday, it's not, it's not a fun day. But so, also, I'll tell you about the uh that's your mental part of it because it, when you don't train you, it's impossible to feel good on the match day mm. so I imagine not touching the ball throughout the week and then going and playing because you know that you, you just got to get that rhythm of touching well, the I ball and, and do and, so that was again that was, I that, physically that was tough, could not have done that and that's why I always used to say it's some machine like how you don't train Monday to Friday and you think, and then you turn up on a Saturday, I'd have cramp, I'd have cramp after 60 minutes. Mm. I was one that had to train, get momentum, play games. Mm. But you just, you were a Rolls Royce lads. That's yeah. why you could do it. Uh, not not many other players could have yeah, done well, that. I think you can get away with it probably as a centre-back more than any other position. But more than the actual like fitness part of it, for, for some reason I was fine kind of with the fitness. Um, it's the actual rustiness of not touching the ball that, mm. that that was tough. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I saw that a few. I saw that a while ago. I played in a in a game at yeah, yeah. Uh, Ibrox, and yeah. Jermaine looked like he'd finished last week. I yeah. looked like I'd finished about ten years ago, <laughs> not two years ago. Mentioned the uh, the cup final and those contrasting emotions for, for the pair of you, but it's brilliant to have the pair of you together because uh, you know just over a year, a year later, well, a couple of years later, it must be your best night in a Spurs shirt, Man City away. Obviously, we go there. We needed to. It was a basically a playoff for the Champions League, wasn't it? We won one nil. What a night! I've got a picture as well here, Marzi. That you'll you'll remember it, lads, because we've yeah, seen it seen many it a loads. time. This yep. is, this picture is it was a special night for for me and you, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think that's uh that's probably the picture I see the most <laughs> of us two together. Yeah. Um, what a night! Yeah, what a night! As you say, Man City at the Etihad. Um, a team that just kind of started spending spending big money and bringing in top class players and I think when I think think back to it it's, uh, we played them was it the first game of the season that, that year Hard and we absolutely it was ridiculous we, we absolutely 
phenomenal battered goals. them and Joe Hart made 10 quality saves I remember looking back actually when, when I was coaching recently and looking at kind of the stats from the game I think we had something crazy like I can't remember now it was like maybe 30 shots or was something it nil like nil? That. it was no no yeah, yes. do you know what I had a goal disallowed in that game Did you? right yeah and it Why? We, uh, said I was offside. Right. I nearly missed for about two yards. <laughs> Honestly, I nearly put it over, hit the bar and went in. Yeah. And if VR was in now, then it would have counted. Would it? It was onside, yeah. So what if I now tell you that the first game of that season was actually Liverpool at home and we beat them 2-1? 2-1. And Benoit scored. It must have been was the year before. before then. It was, no, it was, no, year it was the year after. It was the year after. We were in the oh, Champions was, League. Okay. We were in the Champions League. and Was it uh, after? It's when Bale was flying, wasn't it? He was absolutely flying. And it was nil nil at White Hart Lane. Was that after? And we absolutely battered them. It was yeah, we did. 2011, it was I think. Phenomenal. 2011, I really? think. Was it? Yeah. First game of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We, yeah. As, as good as I was in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was as, as good as I saw that group play. Mm. We were incredible. Oh, that, that, yeah, honestly, and I look back. just killed us, didn't it? He made yeah. 10 great saves. Like, I, I look back at the stats and we had something like 30 shots yeah. that game. And that's about And there was question marks because Shea Given was there as well at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And obviously, Joe had just gone in. Yeah. yeah, what a performance. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, going back to this night. Um, I felt I felt confident. I felt that we had a team togetherness that they didn't have at that point. And I think that's what helped us. That's what got us over the line. Uh, we played well on the day, didn't we? Again, Very we had under well. oh, yeah, so pressure. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was good. a lot, lot of pressure. We, we, uh, we should have been up really, shouldn't we? Mm -hmm. Earlier, I think Gareth had a, a close one. I think Crouchy hit the post. Didn't even hit her. Uh, I had a goal disallowed actually in this game. Uh, foul. They said I was climbing on a uh, Gareth Barry's back. Oh, okay. Um, but it's one of them. You you know, I just felt, especially in the second half, I felt you know some some games where you just feel like we got it together here. Like we're not going to concede. You know, you have that feeling. We're not going to concede. We've, we've, I felt confident that we wasn't going to, and it was just whether we could get the goal that that won it for us. And uh, yeah, I think Kabul Eunice was playing right back mm -hmm. that day, yeah. and uh, he kind of rampaged down the right, crossed it. Well, obviously, I've seen the goal many times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, Crouchy popped up with a, uh, an important goal for us, massive goal, and, and the celebrations were wild. You know, oh, going brilliant. into the corner with the Spurs fans, amazing, amazing feeling. It was a yeah. brilliant night. Crouchy always says that's the 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 celebrations afterwards. That's the one he always picks out in terms of the scenes in the away end. Yeah. He always picks that one out. You know, and he scored all those goals, you yeah, know, for yeah, Liverpool yeah. as well, Champions League hat tricks, England. But that's the goal he picks out. What I mean, you were down the other end of the pitch. I mean, what yeah. was it what was it like? What was it like seeing that seeing that header go in and the crowd go up or our fans go up in that corner? It must have been incredible. It it was, it was. But I think it was it was a relief because you're playing so well and as I said, I didn't feel like we was gonna concede in the second half. Um so it's just whether we could score that goal and once that goal went in. I felt like we was going. We was going to do it. We was going to do it. Everyone was. Everyone played well that day. Everyone, they would. They everyone. would. They would have took a point. Wouldn't they taking it to the last game of the season? We were going to Burnley. Um, yeah, but we we didn't actually. I don't remember f that feeling. That, so what was what was so the, we, what was if the we, if we won? If we if we'd won, we were yeah. in the you Champions League. Yeah, no, it was irrelevant was a, to the. the so the points been, were what? Must have been three. So, so if if we won, we then went three ahead in goal difference without with so one game to go. We, technically, we could have took a draw. We could have took but, a draw. But, I know, I we, but they were probably more happy the way the game was going, yeah, and yeah. they took it to the final game, and yeah. we were going to Burnley away. But I don't remember ever feeling like 
Get just take a draw. No, we yeah. we were we had the momentum. Yeah. We wanted yeah. to win yeah. the game. Yeah. They were probably that's what yeah. I said. They were probably wanting to take the point and see where the last game take, take took us. Yeah. I mean, look, good job we didn't take it because we uh, we ended up no, enjoying I mean, ourselves for a couple yeah, of nights, I mean, didn't the, we? The type <laughs> of players that we had, I don't think we was going to take. We was going to, you know, we had one way of kind of playing. Uh, but yeah, we 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 definitely enjoyed that, didn't we? Too much. Yeah, a little bit too much. After, yeah, we yeah. we probably did. Unbelievable night, and then. I look, we move on. We go into Champions League football. I know you, the two of you are so proud to have to have represented this club in in, in the Champions League and Leeds. It takes us back and all the, the you know the years that you were catching trains and buses to go and train at White Hart Lane. There was I mean you and Crouchy, and you know all those years later you and Crouchy are, are, are walking us out. Yeah. Crouchy scoring the winning goal at the San Zero, for instance. You played in the Champions. It must have been that is dream come true material, isn't it? Really. Yeah, definitely. But I think more than more than thinking about ourselves at that point, it was you know, it was about the, the team. You know, it was about the the togetherness of the the group, and we had a group of lads that had been together a number of years, and and we felt like we deserved it. You know, so of course, you know, now looking back at it, it's, just, it's myself and Crouchy as fourteen year olds. Who who would have thought that? But at the time, I don't think we we ever had a chance to really take it all in like that. We were just happy for the the, the club and us as a group of players that were able to to compete in the Champions League because as a player, you know, <laughs> when you're watching Champions League football and and you hear that ha- anthem, um, you just want you want to sample it, don't you? You just want to be there. You want that opportunity to be there, to play against the best best teams, best players. Um, so, yeah, to, to have got there was, was fantastic. It was special. Yeah. It was yeah. special. Yeah. Right, Leds, we're on to uh, you being a fan's favourite. And we'll talk about the chant. Oh, Ledley, Ledley. Okay. Yeah. How did that feel? Was that something you were thinking, I wish you'd shut up because I've got two and yeah, one's a just a little bit, bit first, short? At first. Or did you like, first. I mean, now it's still iconic. Yeah, and it's yeah, still, yeah. They still sing it 10 yeah. years after retiring yeah. and you've still got a song and they still sing it, full voice, and it's magical. But do you know when you were playing, did you yeah, think, yeah, I wish you'd just change course, it a little because bit? Because you don't, you, don't you don't want to think about your knee. Mm. You don't want to think about your injuries. You want, you want to forget about it. And obviously that song always reminds you of my injuries, um, so I remember at first not really loving it, uh, but then I, I accepted it. And now and you I love it. it. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, see yeah. this standing, I sit next to you, and it's yeah. still singing. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. But it's, but it's easy when you're on the pitch because you know I always used to try and do something that would just get like a little little ripple, or a little. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like a little, whether it was just a bit of skill or a little something, just anything to kind of say thank you. But now I would say that there's nothing I can do. When they're singing it now, there's nothing I can do. Just sit there embarrassed, you know. <laughs> uh, gosh, I mean, which, your knee's been a big part of your career. It's a big part of your life. Does it impact it now? Does it have an yeah, impact so on it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's, yeah. Always, it's always, always going to be part, part of my life. Um, but I don't, you know, it's fine. It reminds me of my, you know, my, of your great my good times. days. Yeah, like yeah, the good no. days. Uh, you know, there's nothing better than being a, a footballer and, uh, yeah, it's, it's part and parcel of the game. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not the only one. Uh, but more than that, it's my, my hip these days. Okay. My hip is is giving me grief, but uh, yeah, they're all battle wounds. Do you know what I mean? And you wouldn't change it for anything. So when that day came, when it was it was time to hang up the boots, and you saw the the surgeon, he says, "Look, now was the time." How mm. how mm. did you how did you manage to deal with that? And what were your thoughts? That last season, I played, I think, twenty three league games. So it wasn't as if like. I played two games or three games and 
know, you're totally finished. Um, I still managed to play 23 league games, but the quality was dipping. So um, the first half of the season, I felt as good as I'd felt. I think we was, I remember playing the first 12 games or so and maybe or 11 or so, we hadn't lost. So this is when Luca kind of uh, initially was going to go Real Madrid, but he stayed. Uh, so once the window shut, he started playing. I'd, I'd missed the first couple of games. I started playing. I think we got Adebayor in, and obviously Scott Scotty Parker had come in as well. And kind of once we started playing together, I think it was maybe twelve or so games that we hadn't lost, and I felt good. I felt as good as I felt in in, in years. So good that I was actually training the day before a game and uh, kind of buzzing around and uh, I clattered into. Well, into each other. It was myself and uh, one of the young goalkeepers. Yeah, kind of landed awkwardly on my knee. And after that, uh, I was out for three or four weeks. Kind of uh, got come back to play for the man in the Man City game. I was nowhere near ready to be honest, but it was a huge game. We was both kind of near the top of the, the table at that point. And you know, I come back for that game. Uh, and from that point on, I never really felt the same. Never felt the same. And I gave away the penalty in the, in the game. We lost three two. Remember, um, and that was really the beginning of me struggling. Uh, so I played maybe another ten or so games after that, and yeah, I just felt like it wasn't the same. Couldn't couldn't move the way I wanted to move. And uh, but I always felt at the end of the season I'll kind of find a way to come back again yeah. because what I do is a lot of times I'd go away in the summer and you know go and, go and do rehab or. Yeah, sometimes I went to Barcelona and, and, and saw someone out there, um, a doctor, and done a bit of rehab and bits and pieces. So I, I always felt like I would go away and come back and we'd go again. But it was when I actually sat down and spoke to my surgeon uh, over here uh, that he just said, it's just, you know, you're going to end up in a bad way in, in your in your 30s if you keep, keep pushing it, keep pushing it. And I kind of had to take that along with how I felt. So... For the first time, I wasn't enjoying my football. For yeah. the first time in my in my life, because I couldn't just couldn't move. So I had to think about that feeling and how I felt, because it's easy to forget sometimes what it was, <laughs> what you felt like a, a few months back or a month back, uh, and how I felt was I wasn't enjoying it. So taking what he said and how I felt, just felt like the time was right. And I always said that I'd retire when I felt like I wasn't helping my team anymore. You know. I'd, I always said I'd retire. Could I have somehow probably took a month off and found a way to get back playing again? Maybe. Um, well, I'd say maybe. Probably, probably. probably. But would the quality have been there that I, that I wanted, that I was used to? No. Um, so, yeah, it was, t it was time for me to, to kind of let the kind of next group of players mentally come through. How, mentally, how was that? Were, you, tough, were yeah. you ready for that? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, physically, I wasn't, you I wasn't, it, was still, it was still a shock because yeah. as I say, I still felt, although I was struggling, I still felt I'd find a way and it's crazy because of course I should have been thinking about retirement and, yeah. uh, but I would always, I was always thinking about prolonging it, keep going, you know, rather than actually thinking about what I'm going to do once I, once I stop or, um, so as I say, I was, even though I finished the season struggling, I still felt I had got this off season now, spend a bit of time, get it right and come back again. Um, but then, yeah, after that, that chat and, uh, 
you know, the way I felt. Mm. You know, I didn't want to do myself any damage mm. in my in my mid thirties, you know, early forties, and, and and stuff like that. So yeah, it was time, and it was tough. It was tough, but luckily for me, the club offered me a new role, and and uh, that was important. Not to have too much kind of time on my hands, yeah. but to go into a new role and concentrate on you know doing something new. So. You know, I'm thankful for that for sure. Ledger was the the first person you called when you came out of that room, because it's a conversation you're never gonna forget with that surgeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my mum and my 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 missus were there, um, so I can't really remember who I called after that. Who I called after that? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was kind of, of shock, it, was, it, was, it was tough, kind of hearing it and then realizing that you know now is the time that I had to stop. Did you have an inkling that that might be, majors, that might yeah. be, if I'm walking into this room with a surgeon, it no, 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 might happen. I, I you, you had no I, inkling. No, not really, because I, I didn't, I didn't thought, feel, right, because gonna... I'd always found a way. Yeah. You know, like, put it this way, my knee was always bad. Yeah. The surgeon would always tell me my knee was bad, yeah. but I always judged it on how it felt. So you could have told me that it's impossible for you to play football. And I would, shake my leg out and say, nah, I, I can do it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, it, yeah. it was my knee. I, yeah. I judged it on how, yeah, it, how, how, how it felt. Um, so, but listening to how it, or knowing how it felt this time and listening to him and then the fact that I was going to damage myself. Yeah. He's giving you a life warning. He's kind of telling, you know what yeah. I mean? It was, it was, it was that. So, so yeah, coming out of there and then I went to speak to my agents and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, it was tough, but tough, yeah. you know, life life goes on. Exactly, life, life after playing. Yeah, yeah. And then, and I've been waiting. I've been waiting for. Then. I've been waiting for everyone to return. <laughs> like all, you guys went on too late in your thirties. You, Crouchy, Keno, Jermaine's just finished. Yeah. I've been waiting a while. We're having fun. So life life after playing, the club have been great. Did you have any other opportunities to to go and see what else is out there? In what way? In coaching, media. From any other clubs, or um, only Spurs. Yeah, I mean, it was great that they give you the opportunity to be ambassador, and rightly so. Yeah, you're a legend of this football club. Yeah, um, and great that the, the club kept you involved. Yeah, at the time, I didn't really think. Of, like, I didn't think about coaching. I wasn't thinking about coaching at that period of time. I wasn't really thinking about. I know about... we started, didn't we? We started our B license when, when John yeah, McDermott back. was yeah, yeah, quite a long, long time. Yeah, Alton yeah, uh, was with us as well, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, at the yeah, time? yeah, yeah. Actually, um, I think, like anything, it takes a while for it to to kind of sink in. And obviously, I had a new role there for me, and I just kind of kind of went with a new role and kind of been learning. You learn about yourself along the way. You know, all of a sudden, you know, a whole different environment. You're not in a changing room. You're not. Uh, you know, as a, as a player, it's you're almost in a little under a little blanket, and you you know you everything is is done for you. Everything is is really straightforward for you to just go and perform. So yeah, just coming out into the real world, so to speak, is is yeah. it's, it's a big uh, it's a big change. Because uh, I was someone that, that kind of trained, but I never like for example after training, I wasn't someone who would kind of be around too much shopping or do you know just being out I'd be kind of keep myself to myself yeah. I'd be kind of have a little sleep was that, was that. so just being out yeah 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 I didn't want it I didn't everyone want... was going to be asking questions yeah, yeah yeah bits and pieces so just being out in the, the, the real world a bit more and feeling comfortable because yeah. not, not everyone feels yeah. feels comfortable um, doing that uh, you know something that you kind of learn you're learning with and even to this day to a certain degree and probably still still dealing with that uh, 
but yeah, I think the most important thing is just to keep keep learning, finding new skills, finding what you enjoy. And that's what I'm still doing. And it's great. And I'm sure everyone would love to ask this question. And I'm going to ask it. Sure. Your relationship with Daniel yeah. as a player to ambassador and in that time you've been a coach. Yeah. How how do you how is that relationship? Yeah, it's always it's always been a good one. I think um there's always been that kind of respect on on both sides. Um yeah, I recognize, I recognize that that the club have been great to me as well. Daniel's been great. Uh and yeah, to this day we have a a good relationship. It's a bit different now because you know, not being a player now you get a chance to sometimes sit down and have uh, a different type of conversation, uh, which is which is great, which is great. Uh, but yeah, he's someone that cares about the club a lot. If you think about the old training ground and the old stadium to where we are now, and you know, this is it's all Daniel's vision. It's all because of oh, it's Daniel's phenomenal. Vision. This place. I yeah. mean, look at us today. Yeah, yeah. It's been made where you, for us, The amount of times I'm in the stadium and I forget where I am because there's so many different elements to it. Um, and this was all his vision. So, uh, yeah, but as I say, the relationship, it's always been a good one. Yeah. So in, in 2020, Jose Mourinho mm. gives you a call. Ledley, will you come into my coaching staff? Mm. How did that feel then? And how good was it? And was that something, a, a vision that you always wanted? And is it something you no, want to I mean, maybe in the future? It was it was a strange one because obviously as, my, as an ambassador, you know, I'm around the club and the training ground at times. And Jose had just signed and he was in his office and I was kind of around, close to his office. And someone said, you met Jose? So I said, no. So I thought, let me go and say hello to him and welcome welcome him to the club. And, you know, we, we had a chat, we spoke, and, uh, you know, he said he'd like to see me on the training pitch and st stuff like that. So literally, I just started kind of going in, just watching training, and then started to speak to players. Then uh, with the help of Nathan, Nathan uh, Gardner yeah. at the time, we started to uh, kind of watch the the games that players were playing in, especially the young players. So players like Jaff, um, Skippy at the time, um, and just kind of watch bits of their game and then give them advice on it, sit down with them, kind of go through some bits and pieces, also doing bits of extra work after training. Um, so at this point, I wasn't, I wasn't on the staff. Um, but it's just giving you know communication and, and stuff to the lads. But then COVID happened and the season stopped. And then I kind of stayed away. Obviously, it was COVID. No one knew really what was going on. I stayed away. And then I got a call from Jose in the, in, in the summer. Uh, it was actually a FaceTime. So he caught me a little bit unaware at the time. <laughs> and, uh, Classics, Jose Murray. Yeah, yeah. Calling uh, me. Uh, hey, what does he want? Um, and he asked me to be part of his staff. He said one of his staff members were leaving and you know he spoke to his staff and that they would all like me to come in um so it's one of them things you can't turn down yeah. I, you know oh, I explained that, that I had not kind of been doing my badges at, at that point um he said it it was fine for what he kind of wanted me for and uh it was one of them things you just <laughs> I just kind of dived into it before you know you're coming back in pre-season you know I'm working with someone who or a group of people that I've never worked with in terms mm -hmm. of his staff. Um, you have to learn Portuguese. Yeah, yeah. I have, to learn, <laughs> <laughs> I have to learn what he's like as a manager, what he likes, what he doesn't like. Um, to all these things I'm trying to, trying to kind of learn along the way. Uh, 
and yeah, I really, really enjoyed the experience. You know, first part of the season, I was we, we were doing, we were flying. We beat beat Man United six one at Old Trafford, um, beat Arsenal two 0 at home, beat City two 0 at home. Drew nil nil at Stamford Bridge. I'm thinking we're going to win the league. I'm thinking this is easy. <laughs> I'm thinking, thinking we're going to first season. We're going <laughs> to. Um, but then, yeah, the second half of the season, things mm. fell away. Uh, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed being a, uh, around the lads, uh, trying to help in in any way that I could. Uh, and yeah, it kind of, it's always there with me, like that, that coaching mm. element. It's always in the back of my head, but I realise that it's, you have to be ready to do it 100%. There's no ifs and buts. Yeah. So if I'm if I'm going to do it... You're all in. I've got to be all in. I've got to be all in with it. So... Um, I st- can, I just, can I just ask you, and I'm sure everyone who's going to be watching this and listening to it, yeah. there was a clip that went out on out on social media yeah. when you're all sat probably in a, in a room very similar to this, when Jose Mourinho opens that door and he said something in Portuguese and you yeah. all laughed. Did you actually understand it? You can't remember the clip, can no, you? No, of course I can remember the clip. <laughs> of course I remember the clip. I remember it. Do you think, what do you think? No. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't have a clue. I didn't have a clue. Yeah, I love it. I, I had to ask you that. I, I did. I did have a little uh, Portuguese book as well. A little, little phrase book. Oh, yeah, that, Brilliant. Yeah, I love it. You have it to. It was difficult. Uh, no, you sat there and all chatting in Portuguese. Yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, a lot of swear words. Let's just say that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> flying about in, uh, time to time. I mean, yeah. what a person to learn from, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to, to to just be in his in his presence yeah, yeah, uh, and exactly. to learning. And is is that something yeah. you see yourself wanting to go down in in the long term? Maybe not the short term, but is it in, it in is, your mind? It's, it's in my mind for sure. Yeah. Um, it's in my mind for sure. And to be to be honest, Jose, it's funny because Jose was always someone that I always wanted to to know what it'd be like to play under him. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And it's funny how life works. You know, you get a chance to obviously yeah. be, be with him every single day. And he, and he was great. You know, he cared. He, he cared about the club. He wanted to do well. It was, it was tough. It was, as I say, it was COVID at the time. No fans in the stadium. Um, it was yeah, it become a, a tough season, and uh, but but you know I will say that he was highly motivated. I was going to say I might be Go like on. doing a podcast when Ledley King gets a job somewhere. FaceTime, FaceTime, Sorry, just hold there, Ledley's calling me. Yeah, I'm yeah, out of yeah. here. I've got a new so you job. You never know. You never know what's going to uh, pop up, do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know. Isn't it great though that the, the, the work you did with the likes of Skippy and now you're, and now you're looking at him in the in the first team? I, I just think that's, that's yeah, I that's, mean, that's such I mean, a great link there, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Skippy is a is a great lad, and you know, as I say, we've got to do some work with him. But he went out on loan. I think after that, um, Jeff was was a big one because Jeff hadn't played any games in the first team at, at that point in time, and you know, just being able to sit down with a manager and say, you know, what Jeff has got these certain strengths um, kind of highlighted to the manager and mm. he got his chance on, under Jose. Even Joe, Joe Roden was another person who we got to work with quite quite a lot. So especially the kind of the younger lads mm. that needed a bit of extra because you know it's like when you're young you need that, yeah. you know, you need that bit of extra, extra work to develop. Especially as well and having you, you in yeah, the building. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I enjoyed it. If there's one person in N17 and on a high road that deserves a mural, it's you. <laughs> How does that feel? Because when I came down and see it, and when I get drive up that it's high stunning, road, it? it stands out. That must be so proud, and you deserve yeah, it's it. It's amazing. Mate. It's amazing. Um, I would say that I've you know travelled up and down this high road since I was fourteen, and not once did I ever think that I'd see <laughs> my big mug on the uh, on, on the wall. <laughs> great pick, though. It's on a the great wall, pick. Now. It's a great pick. 
Yeah, it's one of my favourite goals, that one. I think you was, you weren't too was, far behind me, wasn't no, you? There, was, coming, I, I, coming I missed it. I think I misjudged the ball no, but, and you put it in the back no, of the net. No, but in the celebration. <laughs> oh, yeah, were, we were you, there. Were clear, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, um, yeah. great um, picture. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a humbling, it's a humbling mm. experience, you know. Obviously, as a player, you say, why me? You know, I've seen many, many great players at the club. So, you know, it's just a, a great feeling. And, and to be honest, I always try to make sure that I, I go past it uh, a certain amount of times yeah, okay. uh, a day. No, just to make sure that it's still there. And I just kind of take it in and just kind of, you know, give it the, the Well, you deserve respect. it, lads. Yeah, yeah. We've got some quick fire questions. Okay, let's kick this one off. Go then. on then, lead the way. What is the most random piece of Spurs memorabilia that you own? I'm not talking shirts. I'm not talking a pair of boots, maybe from a a final or something. Is there anything slightly more random out there? This is supposed to be quick fire, eh? Quick fire. I'm struggling already. Well, it's quick fire for me to ask it. (laughs) (laughs) Struggling already. It's a good start. Um, I can't think of any. I can't think of anything. Have you got any shirt? What do you mean if I've got any shirt? You killed him there by yeah. saying like not well, just shirts, just like more random. Yeah, okay, shirts give me an example random. of what you. Yeah, but shirts for would me. That's the only uh, thing I would say. I've I have a pair actually gave from the hundred twenty fifth. Uh, the gear with a blue cross yeah, where I had an not, absolute not, shocker. No, no, we're so talking about like a signed pair of pants yeah, or something. Yeah. Like, no, no one's got that. No, I haven't got that. I'm thinking that, Liz. No, no, we're okay. So, no, I haven't got I anything know, strong. Perhaps we went abroad somewhere and you and, and you were given some sort of special memento of it or that sort of thing. I think He's looking at me, like literally yeah, looking at me blank. We're both looking at you like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> practice is only us. What's the best kept... shirt you've got? Did you swap any shirts when you were I wasn't a big swapper. No. I, um, I remember when I, quite young, I, I asked, mm. I think it was Giggs, Ryan Giggs, and he pied me. <laughs> Did <laughs> he? He didn't put he pied me. That's I, funny, I, that. I think he said that they get charged, and he didn't give me one. No way. Wow. He didn't give me one, so oh. that put me off. Yeah, it does. Um, you don't. You don't forget. I've got Van Nistelrooy's. I've got. Um, I've got f- you do ask when yeah, you're younger, though, France. don't you? At first. At yeah, first, yeah, at first and then you yeah, come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You but come. then, and again, and another thing, it was like, I didn't want to show any weakness. I didn't like showing yeah. it after a while. Yeah. So I stopped asking anyway. Yeah. I've got quite a few of people that I know, like friends. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that you swap with. Yeah. I've played, I've played it, with throughout my career, so a lot of English it, players. Is there one that you wish you'd asked for? Um. That's not not everyone's getting asked that, by the way. Yeah, this is a one. Um, well, for me, I always said that Henri was the best striker that I played against, and he complimented you. Yeah, so I never, never got an Henri shirt. Although you were never so going to ask, ask that question. That, was I? <laughs> 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 I got no chance. So yeah, I had no chance again. I should have got a France one. That's yeah, what I should have got. Yeah, you've got way Well, I've actually got something what Thierry Henri said. Thierry Henry on Ledley King in 2006. I don't like defenders who hold the shirts of other players. The only defender here who doesn't do that and sometimes still gets the ball to his feet easy is Ledley King. He's the only guy who doesn't hold players. He will get the ball off you without even noticing. For me, he is that good a defender. He plays without any contact, yet he's somehow still strong and gets the ball without doing any fouls. From Thierry Henry, what a player! Quick, I know he played quickly. for the, yeah. the the other team in yeah, North no, no, London, but player. phenomenal uh, player. And, and one thing that I, I saw recently is him talking about a top defender 
what they can do is they can take you to an area or, you know, one minute you have the ball, the next minute you don't and they've got the ball and they take you away. And this was something that was always in my head uh, and I could, it was always difficult to, to explain to people. When I was young, I didn't just want to be known as just a defender. I, 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 liked to, I saw the game in a certain way. So even though I was a defender, I wanted to make defending be good. Be not yeah. just about just being a defender. Yeah. I wanted to make defending sexy, so to speak. Right? So when he said that, I thought to myself, do you know what? That's exactly how I wanted my opponents to feel. So it wasn't just the striker is having his way or trying his thing against me. Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna. I want you to defend as well. Like yeah. I'm gonna, I want to take the ball off you, and I want you to have to. Now I want to go past you. Yeah. Now I want to do that to you. Um, and he was explaining it in 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 a way about top defenders, and that's exactly. I've never been able to really explain it, but somehow that's how I felt. Um, which is strange, yeah. It's hard I to explain. I think defending was sexy when you get a nose like this, lads. Yeah, <laughs> some people find it. Some people <laughs> <laughs> Favourite Spurs kit? Favourite Spurs kit? I have to say the one that we won the final in because that's the one that just reminds me of... Great memories. Of that, that memory. Um, but yeah, so I'll go with that one. Did you keep that shirt? Yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got yeah. a shirt for every... I've got every shirt. Yeah. Yeah, every shirt throughout the, the years. I say I had every shirt. I don't know if... Because over time you start... Giving them out to I hope you haven't given the brown charities. shirt away. Do you I remember that brown, brown, that brown shirt? Someone brown tells ones? me it's worth like... Yeah, yeah, it's big, it's big it's now. Big. It's, uh, at the time, no yeah, one liked it's, it. Yeah. It's, it's the way it I've still, got, I've still go. got hold of that, yeah. Right, favourite Spurs player you've played alongside and watched? Bearing in mind who's two foot away from you. Not me. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> and watched? Yeah. Okay, so... Um, you know, we're lucky that we had some we had some really good lads in our team, didn't we? Unbelievable yeah, lads. Great great lads. Um you know, even some of the, the, the players that we don't really see any anymore in terms of around the, the club. But we're we're still great lads, you know. Timu, for example, was someone that we always really got on well with. Uh Didier, uh Berber, another great lad. Uh, Van der Vaart, great lad. You know, we we've had so many great people. Edgar I've seen recently uh, know how much he, he loved his time here and then of course there's the Kinos who was there for ages Jermaine both Jermaine's Azza Tom um, but uh, of course I'm going to have to go with my partner the person who was next to me for most of my my journey most of my career um, you know you, just, you strike up a special relationship just playing next to each other communicating with each other fighting for the calls with each other uh and that's what the you know being a footballer is about these little relationships on the pitch that are memorable and that's why we have this picture here because you know we know what it's like to to have to put our body on the line and and kind of fight for the team calls and as defenders you don't always get the 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 uh no the, glory. The, the glory but uh yeah, we both understand how it was and you know, that's what makes it special. That's very, and that's very kind. I didn't, I didn't pay him before, by the way, just to let you know. <laughs> You'll pay me after. <laughs> <laughs> after I love uh, it. In terms of what? Uh, it was a kid growing up. Favourite uh, Spurs player. Um, what? I was say David Ginola was an unbelievable player. Unbelievable player. I played, obviously played with him. Mm. Um, but I remember watching him in the youth team and some of the things that he was doing in training uh, was just incredible. Klinsman was there as well when I was there, youth team, being able to watch players like that. But um, 
other players I'd have to say is probably Gaza. Gaza. It has, it has to be Gaza. You know, at that period in my life, uh, as probably a 10 year old, to see what he was able to do was incredible. And, and the joy that he played with, you know, he just played and had had fun. He had fun with it. Well, he's named some unbelievable players incredible there. Incredible players. Now you've got to pick a five a side team. Oh, no. Five aside of of all Spurs players, like yeah, all time Spurs five aside, and obviously so it's, it's going to be, be players you played with because I mean we could talk about Dave McKay, yeah. but you didn't, you know, you didn't see those players and him obviously play with those players, so yeah. you can only go with okay. what what right. you know yourself gonna, really. So Robbo Gomez, ooh. I might have to go with Gomez and go. Gomez in goal. Ledley at the back. Those? No, no, Dose, you could yeah. only go one. I'd go one, yeah, one, two, two one. one. Yeah. One, one, two, one. You can defend yeah, on yeah. your own, mate. You got, you're in yourself. Have 100%. Have you're in one. yourself. And then two midfielders and one striker. Might have to go two, one, one. But anyway. Oh, uh, two, one, one. Uh, See, defensive they? side. And I know Jermaine, if, if we ever interview yeah, Jermaine, Jermaine, he'll go one, four, and a one three one, and he'll just leave defence and think I'll, I'll score more goals than the opposition. That's yeah. all he'll think. Again, played with some amazing forwards: you know, Teddy, Les, Berber, Robbie. Uh, Adeboyo was great, but in the five side, I have to go with Jermaine. Just his sharpness and his ability to just qu- quick snap shots. Uh, so Jermaine, uh, Luca. Ooh. And then I don't want to waste the other position on the defender. Do you know what I mean? Go, I, I would get, completely agree, get, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, I would waste And then you've got to get Gaz in there, yeah. he? he does everything. Then he gets forward, gets back, can do it all. So yeah, that would be it. <laughs> I mean, what a five What a team that is, by the way. And a w- lot of players that weren't mentioned in that team. And that that's just, it. this football club has geniuses all the way from Dave Mackay to Wazis to Hoddle to yeah. Waddle to Klinsman to Defoe's. Oh, I mean, the list. It, it, it never it never ends. No. It never ends at this football club. And, and me growing up, Gaza was someone I watched. So, well, unsung hero, Spurs unsung hero. Do you have a Spurs unsung hero, Led? Someone who perhaps didn't get the get the credit he, he deserved from a away from the dressing room. Obviously, everyone in that dressing room. Yeah, yeah. Was There's part a few. Of I it. think I'm going to name a few. I'm going to pick one. Um, Well, saying that, but I was going to say Wilson, but Wilson probably got the fans loved him, didn't they? Yeah. They did love him. And he so, came so in and did the job that was required, didn't he, for that. Um, so the other two that I would say, for me, who I thought were really good players, probably underrated players, were Timu Tanya. Uh, he was someone. So sometimes you just have players in the team that are clever players. Uh, you don't always, or or the majority of fans don't always see what they bring to a team. But Timu was kind of an important player in the team. Done a lot of kind of unselfish work. Um, and the other one was Didier. I liked Didier in there. Um, full of energy. Someone who could play different positions. So many different positions. Uh, I think he was an underrated player. Just for, I'm just talking about Didier. It's reminding me of a, of a story. It's so funny. Can I, can I tell you? Yeah, of course, yeah. So Didier, as I say, could play different positions. And I remember... I think it was Harry who was going to play him at right back against Aston Villa because uh, Ashley Young was at Villa at the time on the left. And I think Harry was a little bit worried about uh, Charlie Carlucas, Carlucas' pace kind of up against uh, Young. 
So he played Didier at right back. So I remember sitting next to Didier in the changing room, telling Didier, look, this is what he likes to do. He does this and he does that. And Didier was like, don't worry. He said, young, small player, me, big player. And then he got dragged off at he half time. He had a back. nightmare. I mean, he was sitting there with his hands in his, in, in his lap at half time as he got dragged on. And, uh, he got dragged off and... Uh, Charlie come on in the second half and just totally took care of him. So, yeah, you, you've of mentioned two, 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 two players there, two characters. Well, I'm going to tell you a story about Timu. One, uh, well, it was the end of the season and we're, we're in on a Monday morning, I think, and Timu came dressed up as, was it Spider-Man? I think he came as Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, he was dressed yeah, yeah. up. And I remember Martin Hill standing at the, the front of the, uh, the room. Timu was in the Spider-Man outfit and he... He'd had a good night, obviously. I don't think he'd been to bed. And Martin was thinking, my goodness, what's he going to be like in six weeks? But Timu, what a guy. We had a great group of lads, didn't we? It was, it was magnificent. Right, the last question, Leds, for you. It's a tough one. In your opinion, who was the greatest Spurs player ever? Ooh. So, again, I can only go back to kind of really what I've seen. I know there's been some fantastic players in, in the history of the club, obviously. Um, you know, Dave Mackay, Danny Blanche, Fon Hour, and you know, people like Ozzy and Gaza, Hoddle, who I actually had as a manager and was still one of the best players in trading. Um, Gaza, Luca, but Jimmy Greaves, Jimmy Greaves, of course. Yeah, Jimmy Greaves, I was going to say that, time, yeah. that is Jimmy, but then Harry's just got that record, yeah. and I think Harry has to go down as the. It's so hard. Yeah, no, that is a question his, his that is finished, so hard. And we've named some of them. We've we yeah. missed them. We've we missed names. There's yeah, just so many great, so so many many great, great players. players in history. But I think when it's all said and done, I don't think you can argue with what, no. what Harry's done. Yeah. Lady, there'll be kids growing up from where you grew up in East London who hopefully will listen or, or watch some of this podcast. I'm going to ask you for a bit of football advice. You've been there, seen it, done it all. What would you tell those young kids who want to follow in your footsteps? Uh, I think one thing that you, you have to tell them is that you can never afford to, to stand still or, or rest on your laurels. You know, if you're a talented player, uh, you know, you have to keep developing. You have to keep progressing. I've seen many talented players start off uh, talented and then stand still and be overtaken by the people that are willing to work hard. Uh, another thing is confidence, you know, to have confidence in yourself. Confidence is not something that other people can really give you. It's something that you have to kind of find within yourself. Uh, and when you have setbacks, you know, it's, it's you that needs to be able to try and find a way to, to, to come back. Uh, you know, young players often are told they're not good enough at a certain age, maybe have to leave a football club. And I've seen that break many players, but I think that if you can believe in yourself and have that confidence to, to keep pushing and keep working hard then you know that's a great thing that's a great trait I think that you know <laughs> on the bigger picture of life is that there's going to be ups and downs you know football is a is a small element of that you know of someone's life but you know in, in life there's always going to be different ups and downs different things that you're dealing with and uh, you know being able to kind of take the sometimes a negative or something that's difficult and trying to turn that around into a positive and just learning from experiences in that way. Uh, that's a, that's the way I always try to, to kind of do things. That's the way I try to do things in football. Okay, this has been a, a tough, tough period. This has been negative, but now how can I make it into a positive? Uh, and I think if you can try and do that in life, then uh, that, I think that's a great way to help. King by name, king by nature, and it's been a privilege, my friend, to do the first podcast 
with you. We will be back again with another special guest. Sports Social Podcast Network.